Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. The title of my message today is God's Got You. And I want to start off by reading in Luke chapter 8. We're going to read this together. It's the story of Jesus calming the storm at the Sea of Galilee. The Bible says, Now it happened on a certain day that he, being Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, the Bible says, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water. Their boat starts to fill with water and they were in jeopardy, the Bible says. But they came to him, they came to Jesus and they awoke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. Then he arose, Jesus arose, and he rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm, the Bible says. But he said to them, where is your faith? He looks at the disciples, he says, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. I want to talk to you today about God's got you. You know, last week, Pastor Jordan talked about how God demonstrates his power in the valley. And our setting of the story tonight is the Sea of Galilee. Now, here's what's interesting about the Sea of Galilee. It's actually in between a mountain range, and it's 600 feet below sea level. In other words, the Sea of Galilee is like in a valley. It's in a valley. So we find ourselves in a valley, in a body of water, and not only is it in a valley, but the Sea of Galilee is actually the lowest point of fresh water in the world. It's pretty interesting. The lowest point of salt water in the world is the Dead Sea. The lowest point of fresh water in the world is the Sea of Galilee, both not that far from each other, both in Israel. Really interesting. And that's the setting that we find ourselves in, in a valley, in a storm, out on the water. God is about to demonstrate his power to his disciples. And that's what we read in this story, that Jesus is about to perform a miracle. But you know, it's the same for you. It's the same for you in your life, that God will demonstrate his power. He'll demonstrate his goodness. He'll demonstrate who he is in the storms and in the circumstances and in the challenges that you find in your life. I want to tell you today, God's got you in every moment, every day, in every situation, God's got you. Come on, if you're watching online, comment right now, God's got me. God's got you. The problem is, is that oftentimes the storms of life can cloud our confidence in Jesus. And we forget that God is God. We forget the power that we have access to. We forget who we have on our side. And clouds begin to cloud our mind and clouds begin to cloud our convictions. And, and we forget that we are a child of the Most High God and that he's got us every single day. And so in this story, we find such an incredible picture of God demonstrating his power. And it starts off with Jesus speaking to his disciples and he says to them, let us cross over to the other side. And the Bible says they launched out. Now, here's the context. Jesus was teaching in a boat from the Sea of Galilee. He's teaching to a crowd of people. And then it gets to the end of the church service, so to speak. And he says, hey, Let's cross over to the other side, he says to the disciples. So he stays in the boat. They get in. The Bible says they launch out. So they just had church. And Jesus says, okay, let's, let's launch out now. Let's cross over. See, this whole thing, because we read it now and we know there's a storm and Jesus saves them, but they didn't know this. This whole thing, it was Jesus's idea. 
It was his idea to cross into this lake. It was his idea to go into this valley, to go into this difficult storm that was about to happen. Jesus said, let's go. You know, it's interesting. It's like you read the Bible and, you know, Jonah's disobedience led him into a storm. But here, the disciples' obedience leads them directly into a storm. And so it's not about obedience or disobedience. It's about God about to display his power. And Jesus leads them out. And the Bible says they launched. It's like an action sequence. I love that the Bible says they launched out. You know, it's like, it's like action. It's like God says something to me and I go for it. It's like, it's just like, it's so defined. It's so powerful. The Bible says they launched out. You know, has God ever given you a, a vision, an idea, an impression, and you launch out only to encounter a storm? You ever launched out with something that you felt like it was from God and then you encounter a storm. Maybe it was a business idea. You know, maybe you decided to launch a business in March of 2020. You know, you launch out and there's a storm or, or maybe it's marriage, you know. You, you get married and you're so excited and, so, and then you realize how selfish you are, how challenging it can be, you know, to, to, to learn this person that's totally different than you and it's not just all butterflies all the time. Have you ever launched out and encountered a storm? I want to tell you that what God starts, he will always see through. See, God's never started something and not finished it. The Bible says he's the alpha and the omega. He's the author and the finisher. God doesn't fail. and He's not going to start with you. Can you say amen? Comment it in the chat. Amen. The Bible tells us, as they were sailing, Jesus fell asleep. Now, this is interesting. Jesus fell asleep. They're sailing out. Jesus is on the boat and he sleeps. He was on the boat. They had access to Jesus but he was silent. He was sleeping. Have you ever felt like God was sleeping on you? Have you ever felt like God spoke to you? You launch out. You're living, you're living as a Jesus follower, but God's gone silent. It's not the same as it used to be. I mean, he's in my boat. I have access to him. He's in my life, but he's silent. I don't feel the same way anymore. Maybe you don't feel his presence. You know, maybe, maybe you, you go into worship and it's just not like it used to be. Maybe you read the Bible and it's not like jumping out at you anymore. It's not bouncing off the pages at you anymore. Maybe it's just passion. Maybe like there's a lack of passion there and, and you used to be so passionate and into God, but grown silent. There's a, there's a lack. There's a, there's a latency between where you were and where you currently are. You know, Sometimes God's silence is a setup. Two things that God could be setting up. First one is a test. Sometimes the silence is a test. It's simply that. Sometimes God will be silent and pull away and see, hey, are you going to pursue me? Are you going to come after me? You know, I've got a one-year-old uh, daughter. She's just a little baby. And right now we're teaching her how to walk. And it's so much fun. You know, I'll hold her hand and then I've got to let go. And I've got to say, hey, come on, come on, Maddie. You've got to walk now. And I let go and she's got to walk and sometimes she falls down and she gets back up and she's looking for my hand. But this is what God is doing to us. Sometimes he lets go and maybe goes silent, but he's trying to say, hey, will you pursue me? Will you come after me? Will you chase after me? Will you come even if you can't feel that I'm there? So sometimes his silence is a setup as a test, but other times his silence is a setup for a demonstration of his power. You know what I mean? You think about, you think about the crux of the gospel, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You think about Jesus dying on the cross and for three days it's silent, but he's working. 
He's working. And on the third day, come on, we know it. There's a resurrection. And he comes up from the grave. And there's a celebration. And there's new life. Sometimes God's silence is a setup for a demonstration of his power. That's exactly what the disciples are finding here. The Bible tells us that as Jesus was sleeping in Luke 8, 23, a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water. And the Bible says they were in jeopardy. Now you gotta understand this about the Sea of Galilee, but because it was in a valley, it was actually notorious for storms. In fact, commentators would say that storms would start not just randomly, they would start suddenly and they would be ferocious storms because of the location and the geography of this actual place. I think it's a picture of life. You know, like storms happen and sometimes suddenly. It's a picture of life. Sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes it happens quickly. Sometimes it feels like you don't have control. It's a picture of life. And can I tell you this? Storms will come for everyone. Like that's the thing that, you you know, you you can't get away from. Like following Jesus does not exempt you from stuff happening, from storms happening in your life. You know, I think about those rides at, at amusement parks. I remember to a, a park once and we went on this ride and it said you may get wet you know and I thought no I won't <laughs> and so I went and I had my phone on me and I remember my dad had his camera on him and so we're sitting on this thing and it's spinning around his jaw by the time we get to the end of this ride I am soaked you may get wet on this on this ride called following Jesus you may encounter some storms but God's got you but God's got you in this life you will have tribulation Jesus says but Take heart, for I have overcome the world. God's got us. And if he's got us, that's all you need. Maybe you're not in a storm, though. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just raining. Maybe you don't find your life is totally falling apart, but it's raining. What do I mean by that? Well, maybe the sun's gone. Maybe it's gone dark. Maybe it's cloudy over your life. Maybe it's just like not what it used to be, you know. Maybe sadness has crept in. You know, you're a Jesus follower. You love God. You go to church. You're a part of a great community. You know, you watch online. You love Jesus, but there's a sadness on you. There's a worry on you. There's a depression on you. Something got on you, and it feels like the sun is never coming back. Or maybe it's, maybe it's apathy. You know, maybe you're just, you're just lacking that passion. You know, like you, you, you started off so good. You committed to follow Jesus, but now it just feels like the sun is gone. Or maybe it's grief. Maybe you lost somebody. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe you lost a part of yourself. Maybe you lost your joy. The sun is gone. Could be worry. What's going to happen next? You know, nowadays it's like we find out everything immediately and immediately we begin to worry. It's so quick. It's like it happens, we find out, we worry. And sometimes you can feel like, well, what's going to happen next? And we don't expect the good anymore because we're so used to receiving the bad whether it be world events or personal events or family issues? Is there rain in your life? Is the sun gone? Let me tell you, storms happen. Rain falls. Clouds may cover, but God's got you. God's always got you. The Bible says in Isaiah 41, fear not, says the Lord, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous, righteous right hand. Come on, God's got you in the palm of his hand. He will uphold you and he will keep you. Come on, comment amen right now in the chat. God's got you. What does this tell me? Well, this tells me that for the Christian, fear is optional. 
because God's got me. Did you know that in the Bible, the word fear or fear not is mentioned over 300 times? Just like that where it says, like, do not fear. Over 300 times it's in the Bible. Fear is optional for the Jesus follower. Now, oftentimes we may fear and have worry, but when you realize God's got you and you hold on to him like that, fear becomes an optional thing that you don't have to live under. Come on, we don't have to live under fear. We don't have to live under worry because God's got us, because he's right there because he's in our boat. So the Bible goes on and tells us that they came to him. The disciples came to Jesus and they awoke him. The storm's happening. Jesus is sleeping. And not only is he sleeping in Mark, it tells us that he's sleeping comfortably on a cushion. He's sleeping comfortably on a cushion in the middle of a storm in a valley. The disciples go to him and they say, Master, we're perishing. Jesus, do you know what's going on life? Do you know what's happening? I love in Mark, Mark writes to us. They said, teacher, do you not care? that we're perishing? Like, Jesus, do you even care? Do you even care, God? Like, do you see what's going on? The storm was apparently so bad that these experienced fishermen got concerned. Like the disciples, you know, most of them were fishermen. You knew that, right? They were concerned. That's how bad this whole situation was. But you got to understand that in a way, they're questioning the very character of God. I think that's why we see such a strong rebuke at the end from Jesus. They're saying, do you not even care? Of course God cares. They're questioning, God, do you even care about me? Is he concerned with me? Does he not care for me? You got to understand that God's delay is not disinterest. It's not disinterest. God deeply cares about you. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows the exact situation that's happening to you. He knows the details and the minutia and the difficulties of it. And he deeply cares. And his delay is not disinterest. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your cares, all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares about you. And I love it. It's, it's your worries, the things that worry you, the things that make you sad, the things that make you depressed. Give it to God. But it's your cares, things that you're concerned about, things you care about. Might not be a worry, but it's a concern that you have. Yeah, give them all to God. Why? Because he cares about you. God cares about you. You know, maybe you've never had somebody that cares about you in your life. God cares about you. God cares about you and where you're at in every situation, and he's with you. And so know this, that God cares. And so if it feels like he doesn't care, you might be missing something. That's not the truth. If it feels like he doesn't care, something's wrong in your thinking because it is in God's very nature to rescue, and the gospel is a rescue. The story goes on then and tells us that he awoke, of course, he awoke. He, he cares for his disciples. And the Bible says he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You know, I love it, the wind and the battering of the waves and the crazy storm and the, the lightning and all that. None of that woke Jesus up. Isn't that amazing? None of that woke him up. What woke him up was his disciples crying out to him. Isn't that beautiful? It was when they cried out to him that he woke up. This is why we pray, you know. This is why prayer is so important. Like the storm could be happening, but you got to pray. You know, like have you prayed about it? Oh, really? Have you prayed specifically? You know, God, are you there? Because I'm going through this. This is why we got to pray. Because when we pray, God hears and he will always reply. Come on, God will hear our voice. And his reply was unbelievable. He wakes up and he says, peace, be still. And as quickly as the storm started, it ceased. It started suddenly and it ceased suddenly because of Jesus. Only Jesus can calm the storm. 
No man, no government, no organization, no party, no affiliation. Come on, no family. Nothing can calm the storm. Only Jesus can calm the storm. And not only can he calm it, but he can do it immediately. He can turn it 180 immediately. And the Bible tells us there was a great calm. And so Jesus takes a great storm in a valley, in a sea, with his disciples, and he spins it around and creates a great calm. This is who Jesus is. And it's so incredible that the disciples look at each other. The Bible says he said to them, the Bible says Jesus looks at them and he says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? This was a powerful miracle, but Jesus looks at them. It's almost like a rebuke. Like he questions their fear and he asks, do you guys have faith here? Like, do you have faith? Do you see what I just did? See, because that's what happens. Like fear and worry creeps in when storms start to happen. When the rain starts to fall, it's like you start to get a little bit worried. You start to get a little bit nervous. Worry will always be the enemy of your peace. Will always be the enemy of it. And Jesus begins to question them. You know, I, I would just say, like, think about this. Like, there, are, there will always be a reason to worry, whether it's worrying for yourself, worrying for your children if you're a parent. Maybe you're worried about the future. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I almost don't blame you because it's all you're being fed. It's all we, we're, we're being fed nowadays is worry and fear and worry and fear. It's, but as a Christian, that's optional. As a Jesus follower, to worry to that level is optional. We have the opportunity to bring our concerns, to cast our worries and our cares to Jesus. And does it mean that we never will worry? No. It means that we're going to have to cast them. We might have fears and worries, but we got to cast them. we got to cast them. Maybe you have a good reason to worry. Well, I would just say this to you tonight. Choose to believe that God's got you. Whatever your reason may be to worry, choose to believe that God's got you, and he's got you in the palm of his hand. Joshua 1.9 says, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God spoke this to Joshua, but I believe he's speaking it to us. Wherever you go, whatever you do, God's got you. God's got you. God rescues. It's in his nature. It's who he is. He is a rescuing God and he's got you. And so we get to the end of the story. The Bible tells us that the disciples, they were filled with a great fear. And they look at each other, they're looking at each other and they're saying, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this guy? Like they were awestruck. You know, they, they'd been with Jesus. Like they saw Jesus as a healer, as a miracle worker, as a great teacher. But then they see him control the weather. They see him do this miracle and they're awestruck. Like we've never seen this side of Jesus before. I knew him as a healer. I knew him as a, as a teacher. Like I knew the word, but, but, but God, like he can control the weather. He can do this in our lives. They see a new facet of who Jesus is. They remembered that he's God. Psalm 89, eight to nine says this. I love this. It's a picture of this story. It says, who is mighty like you, O Lord? You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. This is Jesus. This is God. Sometimes I think familiarity causes us to forget who God is. And maybe you're in that place. Maybe you're familiar with, you know, uh, Christian culture. Or you're familiar with, you know, following and, 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 and you do it all as like a checklist. And this has become a religion to you. Can I challenge you in this moment 
to not get familiar with who God is. He is God. He is the God of heaven and earth. He is the God of the universe. He can control the weather. He can control any circumstance, any condition that you would find yourself in. God can control it, and he can do it immediately. Can I challenge you to not become familiar with Jesus? Here's three things I want to leave you with. Three ways, three things you can do if you find yourself in a storm. Number one, realize who God is. He is a rescuer. He is God. He is the Lord of the weather, and he is eternal. Number two, recall what God's done. You know, the Bible says there's power in your testimony. And you, when you remember what God's done in your life, it helps you to have faith for what he could do in your life. So you've got you to recall what God's done. Then lastly, certain not le- certainly not least, is remember that God's got you. He's got you and he's got you in the palm of his hand. Realize who God is, recall what he's done, and remember that God's got you. I want to finish by reading this passage from Isaiah, and I want to read it right over you. And so if you're watching this, wherever you're watching from, just ask, just close your eyes, you know, put the volume up a little bit. And as I read this, just meditate on the word of God. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you. Let's read from Isaiah together. Thus says the Lord, he who created you, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.